Nice little anthem there from Heather Bishop. That was If You Love Freedom. Uh, that's off of her A Taste of the Blues. It can also be found on uh, uh, Borrowed Blue. Well, another one of her albums. I, the title just escaped me right now. So Something Borrowed, Something Blue, I think is what it is. I don't know. Uh you know, actually, I do know. It's right here in front of me. I actually had that there. Old, new, borrowed blue. There we go. I knew it was something along those lines. Anywho, you are listening to Lavender Hill here on KZUM Lincoln, KZUM HD, 89.3 on the FM and online at KZUM.org. Perhaps you're using that handy-dandy, smarter-than-a-calculator device that you take everywhere with you. Why? Uh, and listening to me on your favorite mobile listening app like TuneIn or Next Radio. Or you could be using the KZUM archives and listening to us up to two weeks after original broadcast date, thanks to KZUM's website. Uh, again, that is kzum.org slash archives. However it is that you're listening, thank you for tuning in. I've got a lot to try to cover today, and I've also got, you know, what? Counting what we just heard, 20 minutes worth of music. So we'll see what all I can condense in here and make happen for you. All righty. Well, let's just start local and stay local for a little while here, at least to the uh, Nebraska area. I'm sure many of you listening, especially in Nebraska and uh, surrounding states, are quite familiar with what's been going on with the Nebraska Unicameral. Uh, this past Tuesday, according to... Uh, what is this here? Uh, KOLN, uh, 1011 now that is, a heated and emotional debate about a bill aiming to restrict gender of altering care. Not sure about that phrasing. For minors occurred Tuesday at the unicameral before the debate could even begin. Opposing senators attempted to kill the bill while senators who supported it shut down that debate. State Senator Kathleen Kauth, who introduced the Let Them Grow Act, said Tuesday's debate has been a long time coming. Day one of debate on LB 574 was emotional and argumentative, with senators sharing their thoughts on medical care for transgender kids in Nebraska on both sides of the issue. <coughs> the bill aims to prohibit gender-altering procedures, should be a gender-affirming care, Thank you, 1011 now. Uh, for anyone under the age of 19, such as puberty blockers, hormone treatment, and surgeries, which are extremely rare and are most often performed on intersex babies, those that are born with ambiguous or uh, both sets of genitals. Uh, let's see here. To quote uh, State Senator Mike Moser, it can't be reversed, and maybe 10 years from now, they might not think that was a good idea. They may have medical complications from that. Of course, talking about uh, gender-affirming procedures there and related-type stuff. Uh, senators against the bill said that legislators shouldn't be making the decisions of parents and doctors and that the bill isn't actually about protecting children. To quote Senator John uh, Fredrickson, and we're going to hear more about him later, uh, I think if this were actually about protecting kids, I think the conversation we would be having is how can we ensure that kids are getting the best support available. Earlier on Tuesday, Senator Megan Hunt filed a motion to postpone the bill indefinitely, which would kill the effort, at least for this 
session. Uh, she's quoted as saying, this bill is just a way to be homophobic today without being homophobic. And by advancing this bill, you're being complicit to the filibuster for the rest of this session, referring, of course, to uh, Senator Michaela McAvanaugh, or Michaela Kavanaugh's uh, filibustering. Uh, Kavanaugh is from Omaha. Uh, Senator uh, Julie Slama uh, led an effort to defeat the motion to postpone and unfortunately succeeded in that. Uh, it failed 31 to 13. The bill uh, needed 33 votes to defeat the filibuster, and unfortunately, it did. Uh, it's uh, you know passed the first round of voting. There's a total of three rounds on all bills, and it passed the first round of voting and led into some other things. But in related news, if it will pull up here for me, from WWT.com out of Omaha... LGBTQ plus faith community reacts to advancement of transgender youth bills. Local reverends say they're concerned about transgender youth legislation in both Iowa and Nebraska. Uh, definitely has impact on Omaha when we're talking about Iowa there. Supporters of the LGBTQ plus community in Omaha are concerned about what happened in the legislature uh, Tuesday afternoon. The Nebraska legislator voted, well, Wednesday, here we go, voted 30 to 17 to advance a bill that would ban hormone treatments, puberty blockers, and gender reassignment surgeries uh, for those ages 18 and younger. There will be more debate and discussion before the bill is passed, but in Iowa, all the talking is over. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds uh, signed a similar measure known as the bathroom bill into law that, minor, that mirrors the Nebraska bill now being discussed. Reverend Jennifer Meadows is the minister of the Second Unitarian Church of Omaha and one of those who testified against LB 574 and 575 here in the Nebraska unicameral. She's quoted as saying, to me, it feels like a means for some of our elected leaders to identify a vulnerable population that they can incite an anxiety against. To use misunderstanding and fear as a chip, like it's a game of power. But these are actual people's lives. Uh, Reverend Sherry Woodbury of Omaha's First Unitarian Church said, How unusual to have the state limit how a parent can care for their child and meet their child's health needs, whether that's mental or physical. Both reverends are concerned about transgender youth legislation in both Iowa and Nebraska. Reverend Meadows, who is transgender, says all this is putting too much pressure on trans youth. She's quoted as saying, of course, when people feel trapped, when they feel like they're pinned up against the wall sometimes, their mind might go to what feels like unthinkable and horrifying solutions for their problem. So will this result in more young trans people considering that permanent escape? Probably. Alrighty, so like I said, it did unfortunately here in uh, Nebraska pass the first round of voting, 30 to 17. We'll just see how it goes. But on Friday, uh, according to LGBTQNation.com, uh, one of the state 
legislators broke down in tears as he apologized to the trans youth and people of Nebraska for the disgusting GOP colleagues in the unicameral. And I'm talking about Nebraska State Senator John Fredrickson, a Democrat who is going viral for breaking down in tears as he apologized to transgender people for Republican State Senator's vicious attacks and disgusting comments about trans people. Transgender people have been targeted by the religious right and Republican politicians repeatedly in recent years, both in the state and at the federal level. But in Nebraska, the GOP has been particularly vicious. In 2022, the Lincoln City Council unanimously unanimously approved an updated version of its 2012 Fairness Ordinance that includes protections based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Opponents quickly launched a ballot referendum to repeal the ordinance, which would also strip veterans and disabled people of protections too. The group that led the opposition campaign, the Nebraska Family Alliance, called it a gender identity bathroom ordinance, which, quote, would allow biological men in women's showers, locker rooms, and restrooms. Milo Winslow, the only transgender person to testify in support of the ordinance at the city council, died by suicide. The day before Winslow died, he said he needed to step back from his advocacy work because he didn't have enough support to deal with the emotional impacts. Now, Republican state legislators have launched an unprecedented attack on trans people statewide, but it isn't going as easy for them as they'd hoped. State Senator Michaela Kavanaugh is determined to stop a bill banning gender-affirming care for trans youth. When the bill advanced out of committee, she vowed to filibuster every bill proposed in the unicameral this year until the anti-trans bill was off the table. I will burn the session to the ground over this bill, she's quoted as saying. And so far, she has. That's good to know. All righty, but as Kavanaugh's filibuster continued, Fredrickson took to the podium to speak as a member of the LGBTQ plus community. He broke down in tears as he spoke directly to trans Nebraskans. He swayed uncomfortably in front of his colleagues, attempting not to break down. His voice cracked as he emotionally recalled his mother's acceptance. I wish I could say or do something to change this, he said. To my LGBTQ family, I spoke to you at the beginning of the week, and I'll speak to you again, regardless of what happens today. Heads up, chins up. We're survivors. Me standing in this room is proof of that. Yeah. His whole speech is available through a uh, Twitter link uh, on... Uh, the article there from lgbtqnation.com. I'll be sharing that with the uh, Facebook page here later today. All righty. Well, it is time for us to take a music break. And when we come back, we'll have more news. Hopefully, we'll be getting a little bit happier before the end of the show. And I, I think we will, as long as I actually allow time for it. So shut up, Phil, and play the music, right? Here you go, little uh, Doug Strom. This might lighten the mood a little bit. If it'll play. Hello? Play. Really? There we go. 
All righty, little Doug Strom there was Saturday on my mind, and apparently the computer wanted it to be Saturday instead of Sunday. But, yeah, there we go. Woohoo! The mess continues exactly or something. All righty, well, our neighbors to the, uh, the south and east of us have not been doing a whole lot better than Iowa or Nebraska. According to an article from USA Today, Republicans in the Missouri Senate endorsed a pair of bills early Tuesday that would ban gender-affirming care for minors and restrict them from participating in sports, move that follows the state attorney general's emergency rule limiting the treatment. Approval of the bills, which came after a 13-hour Democratic filibuster, taking a page from Kavanaugh, and closed-door negotiations means the measure needs one final vote in the Senate before being sent to the House. It marks a significant hurdle overcome by Republicans who previously have been unable to come to an agreement on an issue that has risen to the top of their agenda this year. And boy, has it risen to the top of the GOP agenda. It is likely to move steadily once it gets across the building to the Republican-controlled House. Senate Bill 49 permanently bans gender transition surgery for minors, which medical experts have said is rare, and outlaws prescribing puberty-blocking drugs and cross-sex hormone therapies to minors until 2027. It makes the exceptions for minors who have been prescribed those medications prior to the bill's effective date of August 28th, allowing them to continue receiving treatment that opponents of the bill have described as critical health care. Attorney General Andrew Bailey issued the emergency regulations on Monday to halt, quote, experimental gender transition interventions, end quote, for minors. He outlined a series of required guardrails for any treatment for minors, including informed consent and an 18-month waiting period to receive the care. The emergency rule must be approved by the Secretary of State's office before being published in the Missouri Register and going into effect. Uh, Bailey is quoted in a statement as saying, I am dedicated to using every legal tool at my disposal to stand in the gap and protect children from being subject to inhumane science experiments. What about inhumane behavior from those people who are supposed to be protecting them? All righty. As an emergency rule, the timeline for approval from the Secretary of State and publication in the Missouri Review is truncated, according to Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. If approved, Ashcroft said the rules would go into effect in about 10 days and would be in place for 180 days. Bailey's rule and the two Senate bills come amid a national anti-LGBTQ push in largely red states as lawmakers debate restrictions on transgender health care drag shows, bathroom access, and how LGBTQ topics are discussed in schools. All righty. Well, we have some good news for you, though. Kind of, sort of. In Kentucky, according to ABC News, uh, their Democratic governor has vetoed a sweeping Republican measure aimed at regulating the lives of transgender youths. Uh, Kentucky's Democratic governor issued an election year veto Friday of a sweeping Republican bill aimed at regulating the lives of transgender youths that include banning access to gender-affirming health care and restricting the bathrooms they can use. The bill also bans discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in schools and allows teachers to refuse to refer to transgender students by the pronouns they use. 
it easily passed the GOP-dominated legislature with veto-proof margins, and lawmakers will reconvene next week for the final two days of this year's session when they could vote to override the veto. veto. Governor Andy Bashir said in a written veto message that the bill allows, quote, too much government interference in personal health care issues and rips away the freedom of parents to make medical decisions for their children, end quote. In his one-page message, he warned that the bill's repercussions would include an increase in youth suicides. The governor said, My faith teaches me that all children are children of God, and Senate Bill 150 will endanger the children of Kentucky. Bashir told reporters late Friday that transgender children and their parents were among the Kentuckians who, con- who contacted his office has reviewed the legislation. He's quoted as saying, I heard from children that believe this bill is picking on them and asking, in many ways, why. I told them that I was going to show them that there is at least one person in Frankfurt that cares for all of our children in the Commonwealth, no matter what. <coughs> Pardon me. Bashir's veto comes as he seeks re-election to a second term this year in Republican trending Kentucky, and his veto could reverberate through the November election. Could lose it for him, or it could win it for him. All depends on how many Democrats decide to show up and vote. All righty, well, you can read more about that as well as the other articles that I have brought up thus far on the uh, Lavender Hill page on Facebook once uh, we get that all taken care of I'm trying to find something else that's kind of good to share with you and it's not that easy I wish it were easier than it is but it's not that easy here we go let's have some good news again Let's go to Utah. Utah, of all places, to have some good news on uh, Lavender Hill, right? This is according to an article on LGBTQNation.com, published uh, Thursday the 23rd, John Russell writing for them. The headline reads, Utah, excuse me, Utah bans conversion therapy for minors. Governor Spencer Cox signed the bill into law Wednesday. Uh, On Wednesday, the governor there signed a bill banning so-called LGBTQ plus conversion therapy for minors. Utah's HB 228 was first introduced in January by Republican State uh, Representative Michael J. Peterson. The state's House of Representatives and Senate both approved the legislation, marking the first time both chambers of a state legislature have voted unanimously in favor of a ban on conversion therapy. According to the National Center for Lesbian Rights, Utah now joins 19 other states as well as the District of Columbia that have passed similar laws banning the harmful anti-LGBTQ practice. Under the new law, licensed health care providers are prohibited from subjecting minors to conversion therapy. Those that do can be charged with unprofessional conduct, which in Utah is punishable by up to a year in jail and a fine up to $25,000. But as The Hill reported in February, the law does include exceptions for those who are, quote, both a healthcare professional and a religious advisor and are acting substantially in the capacity of a religious advisor and not in the capacity of a healthcare professional, end quote. As well as for parents or grandparents who are also licensed healthcare providers. Mm. 
bit of a sticky wicket there, right? On Wednesday, the NCLRs uh, released a statement cheering the new law, saying Utah has shown again that LGBTQ advocates and political conservatives can work together to protect families from proven harm. Uh, that's according to uh, conversion therapy survivor and co-founder of NCLR's uh, Born Perfect campaign, Matthew Shurka. Uh, went on, going on to say, conversion therapy tore my own family apart when conversion therapists, as they so often do, taught me to blame my parents for my orientation. Utah's law protecting LGBTQ youth recognizes that LGBTQ youth and their families are part of every community. We believe every child is born perfect. Alrighty, with that all being said, I'm going to go take a music break and our station break here for you and see what all we can do in the second half of the show. We got a little bit of a longer song, but I, I kind of feel like I could use it, and I hope you could too. Uh, it's uh, one by uh, Charlie Murphy and Jamie Sieber. So not what you would typically hear on Lavender Hill, but first, the break required by the station little jamie sieber and uh charlie murphy there with time to love off of canticles of light needed a little bit of a meditative piece there to kind of i don't know take things a different direction for a moment or three all righty well i gotta go to florida i feel like i go to florida every week but De Sanctimonious, the, the new name that I just learned for uh, the governor there, is at it again. According to ABC News from uh, March 22nd, uh, Kiera Alfonsi's writing, uh, a proposed Florida Board of Education rule could expand restrictions on classroom instruction related to sexual orientation and gender identity. I believe I spoke about this in brief last week. Uh, for grades 4 through 12, instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity is prohibited unless such instruction is either expressly required by state academic standards or is part of a reproductive health course on health lesson or health lesson for which students' parents uh, have the option to have his or her student not attend according to the proposed rule. I don't know how that works. Uh, this rule would build up on the parental rights and education law. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed in March 2022. The law bans classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. It states that any instruction on those topics cannot occur, quote, in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards, end quote, according to the legislation. Brief little aside from me on that. If it is the child asking, it is suddenly appropriate to at least address the question, and preferably in a positive light. Because if the child's asking, there's a reason. That reason could be anything from, uh, you know, their their uncle married a man over the weekend, and they want to talk about it or they discovered that uh, they feel differently than the other boys or the other girls in their classroom about whatever. So then it does become suddenly age and developmentally appropriate. 
A spokesperson for the governor told ABC News' Rachel Scott in a statement, quote, There is no reason for instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity to be part of K-12 public education. Full stop. I'm going to call bull on that one. I think you all can kind of understand why. Uh, The law was dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill, or gay law, uh, by critics who said it aimed to shun LGBTQ identities from classroom content and discussion. Laura McGinnis of the LGBTQ advocacy group PFLAG told ABC News that, quote, everyone has a sexual orientation and a gender identity. It looks like this rule would make it impossible to do much instruction at all, end quote. This rule voted on by the seven-member board coincides with other legislation being considered in the state legislature. HB 1223 would ban classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in pre-kindergarten through grade 8 and would not require any employee or student to refer to another person using their, quote, preferred personal title or pronouns, end quote, if it does not correspond to that person's sex. The proposed legislation would also make it a statewide public school policy that, quote, it is false to ascribe to a person a pronoun that does not correspond to such person's sex, end quote. Really, are we that concerned about what's between a little kid's legs? We should be more concerned about educating them, supporting them, lifting them up, and being there for them. All righty. Well, there may be you know, bad news in Florida, but believe it or not, there's actually a little bit of good news coming out of Florida in response to all of this. Yes, good news coming out of Florida. Did you ever think that was going to happen? Well, it can. You know, miracles do happen. And you're going to hear about one here on Lavender Hill. Sorry, I'm chuckling over uh, Twyla kind of stumbling around out uh, by the uh, speakers listening to everything and going, surprise. Yeah, she's like, good news in Florida? Uh, Yeah. Uh, You know, take the source for what it is, because it's Newsweek. Used to be a really good source of information, and now not so much. But hey, it is what it is. This was shared by a co-worker with me, and uh, I wanted to share it with you as well. Uh, The Walt Disney World Resort in Florida is scheduled to host what has been billed as the largest LGBTQ plus conference in the world later this year. And a move that could trigger conflict with uh, Governor DeSanctimonious who has already clashed with the entertainment behemoth over LGBTQ rights. Out and Equal, a group that campaigns for gay, lesbian, and transgender rights in the workplace, is due to hold its 2023 Workplace Summit at the resort from September 11th through 14th. Ooh, just in time for my birthday. In February, DeSanctimonia signed into law a bill appointing a five-person board to oversee Reedy Creek Improvement District, which Disney has managed as a largely self-governing authority over the past 50 years. The move followed a statement from Disney criticizing DeSanctimonious's uh, parental rights in education legislation, dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill by critics. Under this legislation, any discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity is banned in Florida schools up until the fourth grade, at least currently, unless things change thanks to their Board of Education or whatever 
committee, that is. But according to Out and Equals website, around 5,000 people are expected to attend its workplace summit in September, which it describes as, quote, the preferred place to network and share strategies that create inclusive workplaces where everyone belongs and where LGBTQ plus employees can be out and thrive, end quote. Out and Equal lists the Walt Disney Company as a top-tier titanium supporter, along with other major brands, including Apple, Uber, and Bank of America. Uh, And there's many other companies listed with that, of course. But I'm going to let you, if you want to, read the rest of the article yourself. It's a little eye-opening for you uh, as to what companies are involved in that, as well as, you know, almost like a deliberate thumbing of the nose to the uh, Florida GOP. All righty. Well, that being said, I'm running out of time, and I want to play some music here for you real quick. This is the clean version of this song, stressing that for you. Uh, But I like it. Some little Nas X here for you. Make sure I've got all my buttons turned on this time. All righty there, a clean version of Little Nas X Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, And we're going to move on to uh, some not-so-good stuff here for you, unfortunately, but it is what it is. According to LGBTQNation.com, an article from yesterday, Saturday, March 25th, Molly Spray Reagan writing for them. Headline reads, Bakery that hosted drag event closes after hate group made her work a nightmare. A bakery will permanently close its doors after experiencing months of vicious harassment for hosting a drag show. Uprising Bakery and Cafe is located in a Chicago suburb called Lake in the Hills and owned by Karina Sack, who opened the bakery in 2021 as an inclusive space for all. A press release announcing the closing details Sack's desire for the bakery to be... Uh, a space where LGBTQ plus couples could come for wedding cakes. According to the release, her dream of an inclusive bakery has since become a nightmare no business person could have anticipated. Goes on to say, closing our doors is the direct result of the horrific attacks, endless harassment, and unrelenting negative misinformation about her establishment in the last eight months. From an award-winning bakery that donates to local organizations and supports diversity and inclusion, we have been rebranded by misinformation as gay only and pedophiles, end quote. She added that the uh, relentless protesters have caused local customers to be afraid to visit the bakery out of fear of harassment. The press release describes the event in question as, quote, a family-friendly show featuring drag performers that was hosted by the cafe in 2022 and required registration and a ticket. Quote, the event drew outrage from many, resulting in a targeted attack of vandalism at the property the night before. The doors and windows were destroyed, the glass was shattered, and messages of hate were painted on the building, end quote. I believe I spoke about that when it first happened. Uh, To quote more from the press release, a campaign was initiated to discredit, damage, and defame Ms. Sack, her staff, her food, and her patrons. Protesters spent more than 120 consecutive days on the property, creating disturbances, inciting violence, photographing license plates of patrons, and harassing them on social media and online. 
Because patrons have been too intimidated to visit the bakery, sack sales have plummeted, and thus she cannot afford to stay open. She said she'd need $30,000 to keep her doors open at this time. Everything I have is in this business, she said. Our home, our cars, retirement, savings. We put everything we had on the line and personally secured this location, our equipment, and our dreams. If we have to go out, we will go out with a bang, she declared in her press release, and make it long-lasting and positive. I will do everything I can to make sure what happened to my American dream doesn't happen to anyone else. I'm well, sorry to hear about that, Ms. Sachs, but hopefully uh, you can leave your mark on the community for a long time to come and continue to support them. And speaking to people who continue to support the LGBTQ plus community, uh, Queer Eye star Jonathan Van Ness uh, told people in a speech to shout their existence. Very good move there. Queer Eye star Jonathan Van Ness made a powerful speech outside the Texas state capitol on Monday as part of a rally against the state's anti-LGBTQ plus legislation. And for those of you who follow the Facebook page, you can also see some testimony from one of the drag performers that spoke before the Texas state legislature. Introduced as an HIV-positive and undetectable non-binary truth-teller, Van Ness opened by saying they felt blessed to have spent the past three years in Texas because they have met people who have shown them so much beauty. But, they went on to say, we have child poverty at an all-time high. We have access to health care at an all-time low. People are fighting like they have never fought before for the basic human rights, and we are out here debating trans issues that these legislatures have no idea about. Van Ness said the situation reminds them of Wendy Davis, a former Texas lawmaker known for her 11-hour filibuster to stall an anti-abortion bill. We will have to do that, Van Ness declared. We will have to be back on these steps, in those chambers, fighting for our rights. This is the first of many times. This session ends at the end of May. We will be looking forward to seeing all of you again. And I would wager to say that what he, excuse me, what they said there in Texas stands true for what's been going on in Nebraska. Keep your ears and eyes open for what's going on with the state legislature. Uh, no matter where you stand on any of the bills, make your voice heard. All righty. Well, I am getting really close to needing to wrap up here and hand things over to Deb and Twyla with the women's show. Uh, let's see here if I can get this to pull up for me here. Uh, Twyla is going to be speaking with the hosts of Basic Folk, Cindy Hose or House. House, pardon me, and Lizzie No, uh, who are podcasters that uh, do kind of what it is that Deb and Twyla do here with uh, their interview series of badasses or sweethearts and badasses of Americana. It's all badass, whatever you want to say. Uh, and uh, later on in the show, Deb is going to be joined by uh, Rickabilly, uh, once again sharing some of his favorites by, for, and about women. And unless I'm totally mistaken, I'm going to be playing musical tag with her next week. So it's going to be fun. All righty. Well, speaking of some fun stuff here, uh, at least the album's fun. The artist is great to see perform live. She's been here in studio a number of times as well. Going to go out with one of my favorites from Sarah Peacock. This is The Cool Kids that we're going to hear as I hand things over to Deb Anderson with The Women's Show. 